you can't appeal to everyone. You want people to buy from you who resonate with your brand. So if you lose a few customers on the way, that's okay. One of the things that drives me crazy about product businesses is that they think they need different social media strategies to service-based businesses. And one of the things that drives me crazy about service businesses is that they think they need to approach social media differently to product businesses. But good content is good content, as Ramona Gohill found when she started her jewellery company, Rani & Co. In this interview, you'll hear how she's grown a large and engaged following on both TikTok and Instagram. I find so many small businesses saying, why isn't my video going viral? But I'm like, it's not always about going viral. Just put content out there that really resonates with your audience and your brand. And that is how you are going to grow your audience. You'll also hear how being brave enough to tackle sensitive subjects and stand up for what she believes in has helped Ramona grow her audience and her sales. I had someone saying to me, don't post pictures of yourself on Instagram wearing your jewellery because your dark skin will put people off buying. Stupidly, I listen to them. Even if you don't have a product business, you'll get tons of practical tips on promoting your business on social media from this interview. And while we focus mainly on TikTok in this episode, the tips and advice Ramona shares can be applied to any social media platform. You're listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. I'm Janet Murray, and I love helping coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs create super engaging content that generates leads and sales for their businesses. No one starts a business and just knows how to create engaging content. It's a skill that has to be learned and practiced. And there's always something new to learn no matter how long you've been in business. And I know running an online business can feel messy. Perfectionism, fear, self-doubt, and other mindset stuff can stop you showing up online in the way that's best for you. So you'll get help with that too. Ready to get courageous with your content? Let's get started. Can you talk about the journey with your content? Where did you get started? What platforms did you get started on? What was your content like at first? How have you changed it? I actually started on Instagram. My content was very much just product shots of myself wearing the jewellery. And when I look back at my feed, it was not very clean, didn't really have a theme or anything like that. But I changed it last year and it's really made a difference. So I looked at what competitors were doing and just looked at small things like the colors on their page. I was using cool tones for my jewelry, but now I use warmer tones. And it just makes you want to buy something more because it just feels, you can feel that warmth just from the picture. What do you mean by warm and cool tones? So I edit all my pictures on Photoshop and I would make the pictures have like a bit more of a blue tint. Mm-hmm. But now I my pictures have more of a, like a yellow orangey tint. Something as small as that that can really make a difference. Also, asking questions and captions, just engaging with the audience more rather than talking at them. That's a really big thing. Just engaging with your audience and just figuring out what they like because the audience wants to feel wanted as well. Mm-hmm. And they also feel they want to be heard. So what works for me now as well on my Instagram is um, close-up shots of the jewellery which is interesting whenever I do close-up shots they get loads of engagement but I also want to focus more on people wearing the jewelry because product shots are great but people want to know what the product looks like on 
if I look at my competitors or just jewelry brands that I look up to, their whole feed will be people wearing the jewelry. That's what I'm going to focus on. But looking at your competitors, what other people are doing, it does help. And I don't mean copy them, but use it as inspiration. And as for um, TikTok, obviously it's all video content. And I think that can really scare people. But the great thing about TikTok is that it doesn't have to be perfect. I find Instagram, like everything has to be very visually appealing. But TikTok, it really doesn't need to be like that. I go on there, I make videos, I'm not wearing any makeup or anything, but that's what people like. It's just very raw. And there are so many small businesses now who are growing their brands on TikTok. When I started TikTok actually last year, it was more product packaging videos that did really well. I actually posted a video of me packaging a sweatshirt and my TikTok just grew by about 5,000 followers overnight. And I was like, okay, you know, something is going well here. So let me focus on TikTok more. And then since then, it's just grown. But I do find that those kind of product packaging videos don't work as well anymore. So what I find that works well for me now is talking to the camera and talking to my audience. And I know some people aren't comfortable showing their face on TikTok, and that's absolutely fine. But then experiment and find a video or record content that just will work well for you. And then whenever you get a piece of content that works well for you, just keep repeating that. I had to experiment a lot and put a lot, lot of content out there. But now I know what works well for me. So yeah, that's my main tip really, just really connect to the audience and talk to the audience and use your voice. Voice is a big thing. Did you have a, a breakthrough video on TikTok where you were kind of posting stuff that was doing okay and then you had a, a video that just changed things? Luckily, I've had a few. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the early videos. Well, my first one was when I was packaging my sweatshirt and I did get a few sales from that. But there was one video I have which has got over a million views and I did not expect that to happen at all. Sometimes on TikTok, it's the it's the videos you least expect that blow up. Mm-hmm. But I got quite a few sales from that. I find so many small businesses saying, why isn't my video going viral? But I'm like, it's not always about going viral. Just put content out there that really resonates with your audience and your brand. And that is how you are going to grow your audience. And rather yeah. than just focusing on sales all the time, because people can tell when you're just focusing on sales. And that one that had a million views... What was that one about? I just posted a video saying that this one customer I have has ordered from me, I think it's 16 times. And I just filmed what's their 16th order, just a pair of earrings. And those pair of earrings, actually, they didn't sell a lot before that video, but now they're just selling out all the time, which is very interesting. I honestly still trying to figure out why this one video (laughs) blew up. Yeah, It was a short video as well. I tried to go for 15 seconds. The length of the video also makes a big difference. But I was using my voice. I was talking to the audience. I was telling the story about her, how she's been with me right from the beginning of my brand. And yes, it just blew up overnight. So I had a lot of comments saying, oh, wow, the earrings are gorgeous. What's her website? And so on. I did have quite a few people also saying, oh, you should give us something free now. And that's a very frustrating comment for business, especially small businesses, because it costs a lot for us mm. because it's the cost of the product, the cost of the packaging, the cost of the postage. Mm. So, but I did actually give this customer something free because she's so lovely. 
but if you haven't run a business before you can't blame them either i had one video where i shared something like most social media experts would tell you not to do this or something like that and it this mm. video did quite well comparatively compared to the rest of my stuff but some person put on the bottom of it of course somebody who doesn't have a picture on tiktok has never posted anything put something like call yourself a social media expert um <laughs> and i i took that comment and created another video which was kind of like nobody really talks about how to deal with people like this and isn't it interesting yeah. how these kind of comments always seem to come i've never had a comment like this from somebody who's got a massive tiktok account <laughs> or mm. I've never had a comment from this who comment like this from someone who even has posted any content or has any presence at all and people really resonated with that and I've seen some of your videos where people have maybe made negative comments you've Mm -hmm. turned that into content and people have really engaged with that can you talk about some of those videos yeah there was one very recent about me talking about my skin color I had someone saying to me don't post pictures of yourself on Instagram wearing your jewelry because your dark skin will put people off buying Stupidly, I listened to them because a lot of brands still don't use people of color. So I was like, maybe they're onto something, maybe they're right. But then I um, had a meeting with Holly Tucker, founder of yes, Met in the yes, High Street. Yeah. yeah. So I won a mentoring session with her, which was amazing. And we were just talking about that. And she said, Why would someone say that to you? You're the face of your brand. You should be putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, You know what? I'm going to show this person. And I'm going to create a TikTok of it. And it blew up. I did not expect it to do that well. I knew people would be interested in it, but it just blew up. So in the TikTok, I said, I had someone say to me, don't post pictures of yourself on your jewelry because your dark skin will put people off. My answer to that is that I'm now looking for dark skin models and influencers to help promote my brand. And the comments just went crazy. Honestly, my TikTok has grown about 10k in, in just like a week some business owners might think oh it's a bit controversial my brand is all, all about standing up for yourself so of course I'm going to share it I always feel as long as you can stand by your values and you really believe in what you're saying you might turn off a few people but actually many more people will come towards you because they resonate with your values so for those people who feel nervous about mm-hmm. having an opinion or, or talking about a controversial topic do you have any tips on how to do that? If you are someone who is a bit worried about sharing their opinion, I honestly would not do it until you feel comfortable doing it. So I talk about feminism a lot. And it's because I read up about it and I educate myself. And then that's why I'm so much more comfortable talking about it. But if you're not educated on something like feminism or racism, I would say don't talk about it because it's very easy to say the wrong thing and offend people. So honestly, just educate yourself before you share your opinion. And I often say to people, baby steps, start off with sharing your opinion about mm-hmm. something that doesn't feel like a big issue. Just share an opinion about anything that, that yeah. gets you off the starting block. And I feel it's like courage with content. The more you do it, the more it grows. Yeah, it's like exercising a muscle. It's so true. And obviously, you can't appeal to everyone. You want people to buy from you who resonate with your brand. So if you lose a few customers on the way, that's okay. And I think more than ever, people are buying, particularly when they're buying from small businesses, 
they're not just buying the product they're also buying what you're about and yeah you were saying I've always stood up for myself I've always stood up for women that's yeah. what my jewelry is all about so for you to make those videos seems fitting with, with what you do but exactly yeah you've also created some very useful videos as well solving people's problems can you talk about that so I don't want all my videos to just be selling I get so many questions about how to measure your ring size and how to start a business so I give tips on that because that's what my audience wants and I just feel like when you focus on your audience that's when your page starts growing because it's valuable information also people do ask questions like how do I layer necklaces and so then I can create a tutorial on that and so on so for me it's about listening to what my audience wants and that kind of comes across as educational content and what have been some of your most successful educational videos Ones that have done well for me are the story about why I have designed a certain jewellery piece. So, for example, I did a video on why I designed my crown ring and explained it, the whole process, because it relates to um, my brand's name, Rani and Co. Rani means Queen and Hindi and so on. So people like to know that kind of process, just kind of more behind the scenes of how I designed the jewellery, really. And where do you get your inspiration? Is it in the comments? You see what people are asking. Comments. Also, just seeing what the trends are on the Explore page. I try to hop on trends that I can relate to my business. And then, honestly, I actually spend maybe a bit too much time on TikTok (laughs) scrolling through my feed. But then that's how I get ideas. Because people, when they get TikTok, they think, okay, I just don't know how I'm going to fit my business into TikTok. But then I always say, you just need to study the platform for like a, a good few hours and you will figure out what you need to do so I study the platform and I'm not I wouldn't say I'm like a professional at TikTok but it's definitely helped me grow my page just little things like are people showing their face are people using their voice are they writing text as well as using voice what hashtags are they using are they writing a caption little stuff like that and you start to pick it up and yeah so that honestly just just studied the um the platform If you haven't heard of Trending Sounds, here's a quick explainer. TikTok, known formally as Musical.ly, relies on sounds uploaded by users or artists for use by other TikTok creators. These are often samples, remixes, mashups of popular songs, voiceovers and voice effects are popular too. And trending sounds often lead to trending dances. Although if you've listened to some of my previous interviews with TikTok creators, so there was Nicole Reynolds, the wedding pianist, there was Elliot who went viral with cheese toasties, and Beverly, the TikToking vicar, then you'll know there is so much more to TikTok than dancing and lip syncing. And by the way, I'll link to those episodes in the show notes. While no one truly knows how the TikTok algorithm works, it's generally believed that videos that use trending sounds get better engagement and reach. And how many times do you post a day or a week? Well, today today has been none, (laughs) but usually I try to go for two to four times a day. Most of the time I do three times a day. And I think people think, oh my God, that's so much. But it literally takes me about 10 minutes to make a TikTok. So in my lunch break, I'll make three TikToks. It takes about half an hour and then I have to edit it after that. Then I schedule them throughout the day. Have you found certain times of day work better for you? Have you done some experimentation on that? For me, what works well is posting from one o'clock onwards. I find that like seven to eight o'clock is when most people are on TikTok. 
posting in the morning, I really don't get much engagement at all. But then some people say you, on TikTok, you can post whatever time because it's a global audience. People are going to be watching it wherever they are. But I, I, that hasn't really worked for me, to be honest. And because my audience is mostly UK, I try to stick to times which are more realistic for my UK audience. Do you follow any kind of strategy? You, you do three posts a day, but do you think I'll do one of this type of pose, that type of pose? Like, how does it work? Restock. It'll be a post, for example, of the postman dropping off my order because that seems to do well. And then me opening up the box and people thinking, oh, you know, what's in the box? And then you show the final product and like, oh, we'll restock on this date. That tends to work well for me for restocks. But what works well for me is if I'm trying to sell a specific product more to hit my monthly targets, I will look at my orders because a lot of people do leave notes on their orders, which is really, really nice. And they say why they bought the jewellery. So then I will tell the story about why this person has bought the jewellery. So I'll be like, oh, you know, this guy bought the gift for their mum because they, he wants to let his mum know that she is like the queen bee of his life, if it's our queen bee necklace. Because that also gives people a reason to want to buy it as well, rather than being like, oh, it's just a necklace. They want to know why they should buy it and who the item yeah. is for. That seems like an amazing tip. How do you get people to leave those comments or do they naturally leave them? I'm thinking about my own product now. I'm thinking, like, how can I get people to leave leave uh, comments when they order? I know jewellery is a bit different than a content planner, but do you actively encourage people to leave notes or do they just leave them? No, it didn't start off like that. So people didn't leave notes for a while. But then I literally posted maybe just a few videos of people who have left reviews, wasn't necessarily notes. And then people started leaving notes being like, oh, well, I bought this for my friend, my best friend. So then I will turn that into a story. It doesn't have to start with notes and orders. It can be reviews or even just feedback from friends and family. I always feel with products and even with my own products, this is, I think, something a lot of product business owners miss. People have to desire your product. So they have to desire having it on their desk or holding it in their hands or wearing it or that moment when they give it to their mum and she's so thrilled with it. How do you see that desire thing? Yeah, it is tricky, especially with jewelry, something that people might feel that they don't need. But I think if you can get your product on a lot of people, that helps. Influencers haven't necessarily worked well for me, but they have worked very well for some of my friends' brands. And every picture is just someone different wearing the product. If you see lots of people wearing a product, you think, oh, I want that because everyone else seems to want it. Mm. So stuff like that, it does work. But if that's not what you want to focus on, then like I said, telling a story about why people are buying your products. People just want to know that other people are buying it because that also creates trust. So even like what I said before about the comment about my skin, if all, you know, maybe like white people, or it was only white people on my feed, people like me wouldn't feel that the brand is approachable. I definitely want to represent as many people as possible. So that definitely makes a huge difference. I remember working with a client last year, I think it was, who's based in the Channel Islands and she has a product business. And she was like, I really feel I should have more diverse models, but I live on Mm -hmm. this island where it's not very diverse. Is it important that that kind of business owner then does invest in having some models wear their things that are more diverse? I think so, because I feel like if it's something what you really believe in, then you will go out of your way to make it happen. So, for example, for um, that video that I did on TikTok about the whole dark skin issue, 
for me, that's it's really out of my comfort zone. I'm actually really, really nervous about it. Just I've never done a whole photo shoot or anything like that before, but it's something that I really, really believe in. So I'm willing to, you know, step out of my comfort zone to make that happen. Tell us about your jewellery brand. So Rani and Co is my jewellery brand. We've been around over three years now. The brand is a feel-good feminist brand and very passionate about feminism. And I wanted to create something which has feminism at the core. So with our jewellery, I have, for example, our goddess collection, which represents just so many amazing things about women. We have goddess Gaia, who's a mother of the earth and protector, which women have that kind of natural protection within themselves. And then goddess Aphrodite, the goddess of love and so on. So they all represent different things. And then we have our gemstone jewelry and our gemstones. I pick gemstones which have specific energies and healing energies. So for example, Labradorites, a lot of people buy Labradorite because the energies help them start their new journey or like a new job or a big interview coming up because I'm very passionate about feminism because I just feel with commercialized feminism, feminism has just kind of lost its true meaning. And also we do donate to charities as well. We have donated to two period charities and one charity in India um, that takes in young girls who don't have a home and gives them education and a roof over their head. And just having women feel more confident, to be honest, and just feeling more powerful than they already are. Because I genuinely believe that women are so powerful. Even though a lot of brands say that they are empowering women, I don't think we are empowering women because women are already powerful. I want to make them feel even more powerful and confident than they already are. I love that there's a mission driving what you do you're not just creating jewelry or selling jewelry there's a mission and there's values behind it which is why yeah flows from it whereas if you're just selling jewelry then it can be harder to really sort of tap into the content strategy because it it feels like there's real purpose to what you're doing it's true but then sometimes I think that brands without a purpose is easier (laughs) because My purpose is from my experiences of sexism, which aren't very nice. And some people can really argue against that. But if you don't have um, like a brand message, sometimes it is you just want to make something pretty and that's okay. And you just put loads of content of just pretty jewelry and that works. But some people I do find they try to have a story, Mm. but customers aren't stupid. They can read through it and and they know if there's no brand story there and it's okay to not have a brand story. I also think sometimes it can take quite a while to find your brand story. I feel like I've only just, well, actually, mine was uncovered accidentally on a podcast interview I did years and years ago when somebody said to me, I feel like you don't help women with content. I feel like you help them to be more courageous with their content. It didn't really land with me. And, and it okay. took years for it to sink. And then I was like, well, yeah, actually, everything I do is about helping women to feel more confident and to post that post or to have a go at doing video and, and not to worry about criticism from somebody that, doesn't actually matter that much or you don't even know or and just to keep pushing forward and and not not expect to be everything to be perfect there is so much useful advice in this episode that can be applied for both product and service-based businesses if you'd like to connect with ramona she's at rani and co on tiktok and instagram i will put the links in the show notes along with the link to her website And if you enjoyed this episode or you have a question, do tag us both in over on Instagram. I'm at Jan Murray UK. Would you like to create super engaging content about your business and do it consistently? 
If so, you need my Courageous Content Planner in your life. It's a gorgeous A4 desk diary that's so simple to use because it's based on my 4x4 strategy, which involves posting four styles of content four days a week. Yes, content planning really can be that easy. There's templates for daily, weekly, monthly, and annual planning, so you know exactly what to post, where, and when. Plus hundreds of ready-to-go content ideas and prompts. So you'll never run out of ideas for social media posts again. And accountability trackers to keep you consistent with your posting. The Courageous Content Planner is both practical and pretty, with four gorgeous cover designs to choose from. So if you want to ditch the content overwhelm and you want a simple content plan you can actually stick to, head over to CourageousContentPlanner.com to order your copy today. for listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode on social media. That way, more people can benefit from the free tips and strategies I share. And be sure to tag me in when you do. I'm at Jan Murray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. <laughs>